0: Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of The Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go.
1: America's Small Business Conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller,
0: the idea coach. We are back together again to collaborate and build our business together. How are you? Pat Miller, The Idea Coach, back to talk small business and give you an hour to work on it, not in it. Cause believe me, we work way too much in it as it is. Today's show, we have so many different things to talk about and the thing I'm most excited about is what I love to do the most we're doing on today's show. So here on KLIN Lincoln, The Pat Miller Show airs, and we have yet to do my favorite segment. We're doing my favorite segment today. I'll tell you about that in just a moment. We're also going to reflect upon dry January and the idea of alcohol inside the small business lifestyle. Because as you know, if you get a bunch of business people together, everyone wants to have a beer, and that's cool, But what happens when every meeting you go to has to have a beer or a glass of wine? Are you really aware of how much you're drinking? And do you really want to be drinking that much? I'm not judging, but we are going to do an interview today with an expert who will help us become more aware of the role the alcohol plays in our small business lifestyle. And we're also going to talk about telling your story. If you want to have better relationships with your clients and your customers. Tell them about what you're doing. Let them get to know you. And we have an expert who's going to come on the air later on in the program and talk to us about that concept so it can empower you to do the same. Now, let's talk about this favorite thing that I love to do. My favorite segment. It's the coolest thing. Inside the Idea Collective, we do a thing called the Idea Slam. And if you heard me get introduced, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Coming up with ideas is my favoriteest thing in the world. And in the group, this Idea Slam is a group brainstorming session that I lead. On today's show, we have an entrepreneur named Paul who has a question about his business. He wants to know when should I outsource and how can I let go of one side of my business so I can focus on another side of my business. Very common questions. So on the show today, I'm going to walk him through those questions. We're going to collaborate a little bit and try and solve the problem so we can go capture the opportunities. That's what an idea slam is all about. So that's happening in today's show. And as I'm all revved up about ideas, I thought, you know what? Let's talk about giving feedback a little bit. Because not everyone that gives feedback gives it in a way that's welcome. Have you ever had someone do that? Like, hey, do you mind if I give you some feedback? Sure. And then they proceed to just plow over you with things you didn't want to know about or a very strong opinion that you weren't really seeking. We've had bad feedback before, right? So let's talk about what good feedback is and some things you can keep in mind the next time you're giving feedback to someone that's in your small business circle. We'll start here. One of my old bosses used to say, feedback is a gift. Now, he'd usually say that when he was about to rip me a new one. (laughs) Now, remember, Pat, feedback is a gift. Here are all the things you're doing wrong, right? That's normally what it would be. I'm kidding, of course, kind of. But feedback is a gift, and if you do it right, it can be really helpful to the person you're giving it to. So the first thing to do that I like to do inside an idea slam or any time someone is seeking feedback is I always like to start with where are you? I might not ask them that directly, but before we start giving feedback, I need to know where they're at. Are they in crisis? and they are in absolute problem-solving mode or else? Or are they daydreaming about what might be possible? Or they're excited about growing and they wanna pour more energy and resources into the business? If you know where they're coming from, you can dial the feedback in for what they're seeking. So that's the first thing I like to do is really understand where they're at so you can meet them there. The second thing that I wanna do before I even throw out any ideas You'll hear me say this on the show all the time, and I probably say it during my interview with Paul, is what does success look like? Because if someone comes to me and says, hey, Pat, I want more clients. Great. We'd all love more clients. What does success look like? Oh, well, I need to find two more clients in the next 90 days. Okay, that gives us a framework. Because if someone said, I want more clients, and you don't define it, They might be thinking 100 new clients in a week. You don't know if you don't ask. So first thing, where are they? Are they in crisis or just being creative? Secondly, what does success look like? Because that will dial in all of the feedback that you give. The third thing that you should do, at least I like to do, is I like to say could, not should. Could, not should. When I hear people give feedback that turns into unwelcome feedback, it's when they take the feedback and they start telling someone what to do rather than what they might be able to do. Because no matter how much research that you do or how many questions you ask, you're still kind of taking a risk and guessing if this would work for them because you don't know everything about their situation or their business or what they've tried in the past. So I always try and come from a perspective of, well, you could do this, or maybe this would work because we've heard the bad feedback before. No, don't do that. You should do this. You must do that. It'll turn off the person you're trying to help instantly. And it can kind of make you sound like a know-it-all, and no one really wants to listen to a know-it-all. Could, not should. It's a good mindset. And it will help you present information in a tone that they will be receptive to hear it. There are two more things that I would recommend when you're giving feedback to a colleague or a client. I would pause frequently. I try and do this all the time. So you're jamming with someone and you're coming up with some really great ideas. You need to stop. How are we doing? Is this making sense? Do you have any questions about what we've talked about already? Are we on the right path or are we just wasting time? You need to stop and ask because here's what that person is doing when you're giving them feedback. With one ear, they're taking in the information that you're sharing, which is brilliance, of course, right? They're they're trying to scoop up your brilliance in one ear. In the other ear, they're already thinking, how would I do this? Does this make sense? Have I tried this before? Would my clients like it? Yada, yada, yada. So their brain is on fire. So you need to stop frequently and say, how are we doing? Does this make sense? Are we on the right path? Do you want to pursue one thing, not pursue another? It'll keep everything in line. And sidebar, speaking of those two ears going, always record your feedback. Run Descript, run Otter, even run a recording on your phone. Get a recording of everything you do so they can go back and hear it. The last thing I would tell you when you're giving feedback to a client or a colleague is do it frequently. One of the most caring acts you can do for someone is to listen. Not listen so you can tell them what to do. Just be there. Phone off. Open mind. How are you doing? Would you like to talk about this challenge that you're facing? If you're looking to build relationships with people, that caring, giving act of listening to what they're going through, offering your feedback if they ask, and being there for someone, man, that sends the no like, and trust factor through the roof. Those are some thoughts on how to give more effective feedback when someone asks you to be creative with them and spend your energy brainstorming it's a tremendous gift. I recommend you give it as much as you can. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about telling your story with Amy Collette. We'll do our idea segment with Paul Warlosky and help him solve his problem. But up next, we're going to talk about your relationship with alcohol. Are you ready for it? We're talking with Katie Ginecco next on this edition of
1: the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller
2: show. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, sidekick accounting will be there. Sidekick accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
2: on The Pat
0: Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation, And that means we have to talk about things that are super important to grow your business and to make it better to be a small business owner and an entrepreneur. The topic we're going to talk about right now might feel a little bit uncomfortable, and we're going to talk about something that you need to hear. So it's not always spreadsheets and marketing strategies. Sometimes it's a personal topic like alcohol. Now think about it. Alcohol is omnipresent. It's all around the small business owner culture. If it's not a happy hour networking event, it's let's meet up for a pint. It's available at almost every event we go to. And some entrepreneurs rely on it. I need a beer to feel like I can talk to someone I don't know. I had a hard day. I'm going to have a glass of wine. Maybe just drinking away the ongoing problems in the business. All of that can lead to bad outcomes and perhaps addiction. So let's talk with Katie Janeko. She is a holistic health coach for the Body Talk Warrior, and we're going to talk about your relationship with alcohol and alcohol in the small business culture. Katie, welcome to The Pat Miller Show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Pat. So let's talk about this. Do you think most entrepreneurs are aware of their relationship with alcohol? That's a good question. I I don't know if most people
3: are aware of their relationship with alcohol. Until they become aware of their relationship with alcohol, um, especially because, like you said, it's such a society norm. Anywhere you go, everywhere you go, most people just don't recognize that having a beer of seven beers a night can cause a
0: problem in their lives. When does it go from, I'll have a beer after work, to a problem? What are some of the warning signs or the ways that you help people become more aware of when it crosses that line?
3: Yeah, um I would say when you go out and you're like I'm only going to have a beer and then you end up coming home drunk, you might want to re- assess your relationship with alcohol because you may not know that stopping point. Um I would say also, you know when you're starting to notice that it's affecting your relationships both personally and professionally, um that could be just little things like postponing a, a, a meeting, you know, because you're too hungover or uh, not showing up to an event or getting fired at that extreme, or a, fi- a client firing you. Those are like the extreme side.
0: Yeah. And it's not entirely, I don't want to say our fault because I'm sure someone like you that helps people with their relationship with alcohol wouldn't like the word fault, but it is kind of everywhere. I couldn't imagine hosting a happy hour without having booze on hand. You see that as well, right? It's all around us in the small business setting.
3: Oh, 100 um, percent. I actually stopped going to nighttime networking events because alcohol was kind of the center of the event and uh, networking was just like the aftermath.
0: Mm. <laughs> and one of the effects of our relationship is that it changes our personality. When we're in a networking scenario after a beer or two, we aren't the same person than we were when we walked in. Isn't that right?
3: Oh yeah. Um, I'll I'll give you an example. I went to a networking event maybe two months ago. It was an evening event and I was communicating with a a group. You know, we first started talking about what everybody did, but then within 20 minutes later, I saw the same group and they're like, let's go bowling and we're going to go out after this. And it turned in from like networking to a party very quickly.
0: And it can lead to saying the wrong thing. It can lead to misrepresenting what you mean. And one thing that really is like a terrible Venn diagram one circle is alcohol and the other circle is humor. And those two things, when they start mixing, boy, you could say the wrong thing in a quick way and put yourself in trouble, especially at these happy hours and networking events because people don't know who you are. And after a beer or two, you're really not yourself. So it kind of defeats your purpose in a way.
3: People judge you within those first seven seconds of meeting you. And you're meeting people that are new constantly when you're at networking events. So depending on where you're at, how long you've been there, how many drinks you've had, your first impression may not be who you truly are and could actually sway people away from working with you or referring clients to you. And that is one of the effects that I see that alcohol has is people don't always want to refer you clients um, based on how you presented yourself.
0: We go into the networking event, there's the bar, you get a drink ticket, everyone else is drinking. Give us some tips and tricks to maybe make a different choice. How would you coach someone if they just didn't want to have a beer or a glass of wine at this networking event? How could they handle it to make a better choice?
3: Yeah. So first, if you can reach out to the host of the event prior to the event and ask them questions like what options will you have that have no alcohol? and would you be willing to provide something that doesn't have alcohol in it for me? Um, and if they say no, then you can always ask them if you can bring your own soda water or something of that nature. And then the second thing is to always keep your glass full. And that is the trick that I've used for the last eight years. Any time I go out, I always have a full glass, whether it's water, whether it's soda water with lime and a cranberry. Uh, that's my go-to drink, by the way. Um, and that allows people to think that you're drinking. But if you keep it full, they can't ask you, hey, I see you're almost empty. Can I order you another drink? What are you having? So you eliminate all opportunities for you to say, oh, I'm just having soda water. And then for them to ask you, oh, really, you're not drinking tonight? Because that's a common question.
0: It is. How would you answer that? Because I think a lot of people who are trying to cut back get asked that and they don't know how to answer and they say, okay, fine, I'll have a Miller Lite or whatever.
3: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I have an early morning tomorrow or I've got an appointment right after this that I've got a client full, something so that people really just like aren't going to ask you again. But using like a client call or some activity that you have to do that prevents you from having alcohol in your system um, or to not be able to provide the level of awareness that you might need, uh, would be a really great way to avoid that conversation.
0: It seems like a subtle choice, but there are so many benefits. And the purpose of this interview was to have you stop and think, what is your relationship with alcohol? Because there are benefits from having a different perspective. Katie Janeko, the holistic health coach for The Body Talk Warrior. Thank you so much for coming on The Pat Miller Show.
3: Thank you, Pat. It was a pleasure.
0: I hope that interview hit you in the right way. Alcohol is all around us in the small business world, and we use it. We use it to decompress. We use it to make new relationships. But her comment that after a drink, you aren't yourself, and you're making that first impression, and you're not yourself, that was eye-opening to me. That made me go, oh, huh, maybe I shouldn't have a beer at the next networking meeting. Fascinating conversation, Katie. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. want to hit you on another thing here before we get into our next segment where we are going to do an idea slam with Paul Warlosky. I'm super excited for that. I want to tell you about the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. You've heard me mention it on the air, but I really haven't explained it much we have this international online small business community that's open to everyone that's trying to build their small business dream. It's going to help you get to that five-year mark in your business so you can survive and thrive and grow your small business. Right now in the community, we have a Profit First book club that's starting. We also have mastermind groups that are forming right now. So if you're running your small business and you feel just kind of disconnected, like you don't have your people around you, hit up patmillershow.com and take a look at the Idea Collective. It might be just what you're missing. On the way, it's idea slam time, baby. That's coming up next on the Pat Miller Show.
1: America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller
0: Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting.
4: Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com. Act now. Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show welcome back to the pat miller show this is america's
0: small business conversation and on the program i always want to help you learn something so i bring in subject matter experts we talk about what's working right now we'll pause and celebrate great things when they happen but we also do something in the idea collective that helps individuals and when you listen in on the conversation you may learn something along the way the segment is called an idea slam where you as a listener or someone in the community can call in and Uh, get some advice or get a different perspective on a challenge or an opportunity they're facing. Today, we welcome in Paul Warlosky from Simple Endurance Coaching to the Idea Slam. Paul, thanks for calling in. How are you today? I am good. Thanks for letting me come on the show. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you here. I'm excited to get brainstorming because it's my very most favorite thing. But so everyone knows about you, tell them what you do.
5: Simple Endurance Coaching helps age groupers and masters cyclists and runners improve their running or cycling performance um, to help okay. them reach whatever bucket list goals they may have. Cool. All right. I love that. So what's on your mind? How can we help you today? Well, um, I don't know if you actually remember, but three or four years ago, I contacted you and asked for the name of a business coach and you hooked me up with Lisa Rabel and from Rebel Girl Marketing. You, um, She has been instrumental in helping me define what I want to do. So we came up with a plan where by the end of the year, I am just doing simple endurance coaching, coaching runners and cyclists, and teaching boot camps at a uh, facility in Milwaukee. The issue that I have, and there's two parts to it, is that I'm also teaching yoga classes. I'm also doing a personal training business, which right now is bringing in about 50% of my revenue. I want to end those two and move to the place where I'm just doing the coaching. So the two questions that I have are related. How do you know in a business when to outsource certain jobs like website development or social, social media or something like that? And how do you know and, and make your best guess at the timing of, for instance, closing a business and moving on? How, how do you na- navigate those two kind of very general questions?
0: Common questions and things that everyone faces because we have an unlimited number of things we could do. The only thing that limits what we do is how much time and how much money we have to pursue either. So, your questions are kind of related in a way. Uh, and the answer to both of these questions, I think, will be varied by the individual. But you're asking me how I I make those decisions. Mm-hmm. The first one is when do you outsource? Outsourcing to virtual assistants or contractors or employees is magical. And I think you should outsource anything that is not only what you must do as quickly as possible. Are you outsourcing anything right now?
5: Uh, I just started another member of the Idea Collective, uh, Chuck Coppenspire, is sure. taking over my website and creating a new website to um, target just the bootcamp and the coaching part. So
0: let's walk through the decision process of outsourcing, at least how I would coach you to do it. The first thing I would do is I would make a list of all the things I do in a week, everything. I mean, you don't have to get down to make coffee and, you know, organizing files, but all of the tasks that you're responsible for. And then I'd get a highlighter out. And I would say, I'm going to highlight the things that only I can do. So maybe only you can do the training plans for your master's athletes, and only you can do the one on one sessions with your clients, whatever they might be. Everything else should be outsourced in the order of time consumption and your ability to do it. So the thing that takes the most time and you're not very good at, that's the first thing you should get off your list. And then the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. Because every time you get rid of a task you don't wanna do or you're not very good at, that opens even more free brain space to go take on more clients and to grow the business. Now let's talk about the second thing. When do you start closing up parts of your business to open up other parts of opportunity. So Mm -hmm. that decision-making process. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is you mentioned that there was teaching yoga and personal training, and those are the things you want to let go so you can spend more time on the coaching side of the business. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So if you had no personal training clients and you had no yoga classes at all, is there pent-up demand on the coaching side or would you have to go fill those hours if they were made available?
5: Fill those hours. There's pent up demand in that there are, I know there are people out there, um, but I have not been having, I do not have enough time to do the kind of content marketing and the marketing to reach them.
0: Okay, so let's start here. Let's say, God forbid, you got COVID and you were down for two weeks. Do you have anyone standing by that could fill in for a yoga class or fill in for a personal training session for you?
5: Yes to the yoga, no to the personal training.
0: Okay. If you could get a backup for each, you could start testing the idea of outsourcing. Because my first thought is I wouldn't walk away from them completely. I would walk away from you doing them. So maybe you still have them, but someone else is teaching them for you or someone that already does those two things. Those clients become their clients, but you retain 20% of the revenue because you gifted them the client on a silver platter. That's the first thing I would think of because you don't necessarily have to quit offering the service. What we need to do is have you quit offering the service yourself. The second part is if you had that free brain space for a month, could you go drum up enough clients? such that you never have to go do the yoga and the coaching again.
5: I I believe so.
0: Yes. All right. So if we're only 30 days away from having a full client roster in the coaching side, which is what you want to do, and we can find someone to do the temporary coaching for 30 days, we could even further supercharge this by adding one more piece, which is who could help you create an onslaught of content for 30 days. So you say, listen, for 30 days, I'm going to sprint just like you would teach an athlete. We're not going to run at this speed forever, but we're going to run at this speed for 30 days and we're going to spend 30 days creating content with the assistance of someone on the outside. So you can supercharge the amount that you make. We're also going to find someone to do the temporary coaching and yoga uh, so I don't have to worry about that and I'm going to go do the sales and marketing to fill my pipeline. So in 30 days, you've done way more marketing than ever. You've done actual calls and marketing um, sales sessions with potential clients. And then at the end of 30 days, you can assess, was my assumption correct, where I do now have a full roster? Wow, I can either hand off or sell these clients to the people that filled in for me or find someone else who can
5: do it. So you are saying that for a month, I ask somebody to help me create content, we throw as much stuff out into the world as possible for 30 days. We see what sticks and that new customers come in. And then I can decide, is there the base? And then I can step away from things. Is that pretty much what you're saying?
0: Yeah, that's a great summary. In essence, you're going to run for office for 30 days you're going to put out as much content as you can. And just like you would give an athlete, you're going to set a goal for how many meetings you can have with potential clients. And at the end of 30 days, you'll be able to test, is my assumption correct here that I do have enough clients that I can just do this type of training? And then you'll know what you can do in the business. If you just walk from yoga and from the boot camps, then you're going to cut off opportunity without knowing that there's business waiting on the other side. But if you can keep those going for 30 days while you assess the new opportunity, you could wake up with a full roster and doing just what you love. So it's really a 30-day sprint to see what the opportunity looks like on the other side.
5: That's a great idea. Think it's something you can do?
0: Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Just so we put it out in the world, how many new clients are you going to get
5: in 30 days? We need to know what success looks like. I'm going to have um, 10 full custom clients and 10 semi-custom clients who just get training plans. That would be a nice full load.
0: When you get 10 full clients and you get 10 semi-clients, you're calling back to the show and
5: we'll do a celebration. Is that fair? I would would be ecstatic to do that. That would be the most fun ever.
0: Uh, Yeah, it would be. Well, it sounds great. Paul Warlowski. Simple Endurance Coaching. Thanks for calling into the Pat Miller Show.
5: Appreciate your time, Pat. Thank you so much. It felt
0: so good to have the idea slam back on the air. Thanks again, Paul, for calling in. If you want better relationships with your clients and your colleagues, you got to tell your story. We'll talk with Amy Collette
2: about how to do it next.
1: America's Small Business Conversation continues next
2: on the Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted Sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show.
0: Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation, And on the show, we want to hook you up with strategies and fresh ideas so you can continue to grow your business. I'm really excited for this segment because it's something that some people overlook. And when they start taking this specific action, wow, people start to start conversations with them and things start to happen organically. So joining us for what's working right now is Amy Collette from Unleash Your Inner Author. Amy, before you tell us what's working right now, tell everyone about your business.
6: Hi, Pat, thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here with you. Uh, Yes, I'm Amy Collette. Unleash Your Inner Author is to help leaders who might be speakers, entrepreneurs, people like that, to amplify their impact by becoming world-class, best-selling authors
0: and that works, right? Writing a book and telling your story in the written form has a significant impact when people take the time to do it, doesn't it?
6: Well it really helps people connect with you so if you're a speaker I always say that when you're on stage and you found this out as a TEDx speaker I'm sure people fall a little bit in love with you (laughs) when you're on the stage and they want to know more they want to connect with you more and so the way they do that is through your book. So that's the next step on the way to connect with them.
0: Starting to tell your story gives something for people to hold on to. So can you talk about how sharing your story helps you connect with your clients, customers and fans online?
6: Yeah, I see this and I teach this because it works. Humans connect through story you know just like you and I did when we first met we got on a zoom we we started talking sharing stories and we don't maybe think of them as stories but that's what they are They're little snippets of your life so that you can connect and find some commonality with the other person so I see this work beautifully with people who are successful authors because they're usually su- successful speakers too so both ways they're telling stories So I'll take my own story and you can see how you might connect with me while I'm telling you this story. Okay, so the story I used to tell in my business was uh, what I call the resume story, (laughs) right? (laughs) So it was... Hey, uh, Pat, you know, I, I, I know what I'm doing because I was a professional writer and editor for 20 years, got all this experience, and then I was uh, trained as a life coach. And now I put all those things together as a book coach to help people bring out their, their stories. So that's a, that's a good story, right?
0: It's very common. I think that's how most people would do it.
6: Right. That's how we think of it because we're so used to thinking in terms of resume and credibility, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. another story that people tell and one that I tell sometimes too is kind of the sad story that with a happy ending. So mm-hmm. uh, the first time I published my first book, the first edition, I gave it to uh, another publisher and they kind of took with took it and ran with it. And it became... Something I had no control over. And so when I get my book in hand, I'm like, this is not my book. <laughs> you know, it didn't look the way I wanted to. It didn't feel the way I wanted it to. Uh, it wasn't edited really well. And so I wasn't happy with it. So I thought, how am I going to, what am I going to do? Because I, I can't give this p- to people. I did, but it made me cringe, you know, giving this book to people. So I put together a team. And they are, you know, wonderful designers, editors, layout people. And when I got my book, The Gratitude Connection, in my hand, uh, it felt like my book. But what I call the back back backstory is the story of really why you're passionate, why you care so much about doing what you do. So, and it starts when I'm 14. So that story is, was kind of secret. And it was because it was shameful. It was because my family was hiding addiction. We had alcoholism going on. So that story is about how I saw my dad go to rehab and I thought it was gonna be just one of many times, you know, I was a cynical teenager. And I thought, oh, here we go. Another roller coaster. Things are going to get better for a while. Then they're going to relapse. And it's just going to be this roller coaster from here on out. You know, that's how I saw it. And to make a a long story, very short, uh, what happened is I got to witness real transformation. My dad never drank again till the day he died at 86. He was sober and he was a different person. What I realized after I told this story the first time is that it was also my transformation story. It's like made me a believer in transformation because I saw it for real. (laughs) And I got to transform from being a cynical kid to a person who's all about positivity and gratitude.
0: So by telling that transformation story instead of the resume story, you're not informing people that you help people write books you're informing people why you see the transformation come true through writing books you're giving you're almost moving them past what you do and you're moving them directly to the impact of what you do am I hearing that right
6: yeah exactly because it's really about the impact that they are making with their book Mm -hmm. by telling that story they're helping exponentially more people to see what's possible for them.
0: That takes some next-level thinking because the resume story tells us what we do. The transformational story tells why you do what you do, but more importantly, it tells when you do something for the client what the impact is going to be. So you really have to think about not just what you do, not just why you do it. You have to think about the impact of what you do. And it's letting them kind of fill in the blanks of, oh, she helps people write books. And that could continue the conversation because a lot of the conversation in um, this area recently has been the why. So you could tell this story with just your why saying, my father was an alcoholic when I saw the story of transformation. I wanted other people to tell their stories of transformation. That's my why. But you're going one step further saying, when I live my why, here's how your life is impacted when you tell your story. It's the step beyond the why. And I don't think that people talk about this enough.
6: For me, I feel like when we tell those stories, we're holding up a little mirror in front of people to sit so they can see themselves in it Mm. right so they can see you know when you hear somebody else's transformational story in your mind in your heart you're thinking about how it connects to you and what your story might be
0: so if someone's listening and they tell the resume story now and they want to skip past the why and get to the transformative story what would you recommend they do
6: yeah that's a great question I think it really is really getting in touch with your why but then it's really the story behind your why. Why is that passion that you just can't help starting a business over, you know, what, what is the story behind that? And it took me a while to get to. I'm not saying it might come immediately, but hopefully those examples will help you find your story of really getting back to the, your first memory of getting fired up About this thing like for you Pat it would be getting fired up about helping small business people yeah you know and and really getting in touch with that and it may have nothing to do with business when it first started but it's carried through and now you're bringing it into action through your business
0: I'm electrified to do community and this radio show because I remember what it was like to be the new kid in school And when you start a business you're the new kid in school sitting by yourself and everyone's got it figured out but you and it really is a deep connection with me that every entrepreneur that listens to the show or joins the idea collective the immediate connection with others so they don't feel what i felt that drives me every day that's why i do the show that's why we interview people like you to teach us things we don't know because i don't want people to struggle and feel like they're missing something, or they don't know what they need to know in order to be successful. This has been uh, really uh, enlightening, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And if you want to tell your story and make a bigger impact, uh, that's what Amy does. Amy Collette, Unleash Your Inner Author. Thank you for coming on The Pat Miller Show.
6: Thanks, Pat. And I'm so glad you shared that story with me.
0: Thank you for spending the day here with The Pat Miller Show. Hopefully it gave you an hour away from your business so you can think about bigger and better ways to grow. Are you ready to come on the air and play with us? Apply now and you can be on one of our upcoming episodes. Visit patmillershow.com. That's patmillershow.com. And I will talk to you as soon as next week right here. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show.
1: See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit.